0: This is Pastor Lloyd Maddox, bringing to you a message about the lifestyle of Jesus from our ministry library. This is the Maddox podcast. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and it place remembers it no more. But the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting On those that fear the Lord and his righteousness to the children's children. To such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye as angels, who excel in strength, who do his words, heeding the voice of his word. Good morning, I'm Pastor Lloyd Maddox, and this morning we chose again to read a portion of Psalms 103. Hope you enjoyed the reading again of God's Word. I only lacked a couple of scriptures finishing that. Let me read the last three verses of Psalms 103. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his, who do his pleasure." Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I love it. That's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. We thank you so much for participating in Lifestyle Ministries over the last nine years. Thank you so much for being faithful listeners. Now let me continue the teaching that we're doing this week, entitled Covenant and Mercy. And I've just read the stories of Cain and Abel, and I'm talking about God speaking to Cain about his brother Abel, and I'm naming three things that Cain did when he answered God. And the first one's going to be that he lied to God. Let's hear what we have to say. For one, Cain lied to God. Right? Cain lied to God. Number two, he he didn't believe God could see what was going on. And number three, we are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. How are we going to give mercy to somebody that we're not concerned about? How am I going to give mercy to somebody if I'm not concerned about them? If I'm just willing to let them go? I'm my brother's keeper. If I know someone that's in trouble, if I know someone that is struggling spiritually, I need to start praying for them right now. I'm not going to have to wait till next week. When the Lord spoke to me to keep my mind on him, I believe that meant that I'm also to keep my mind on the things that I'm required to do, and I am my brother's keeper. I hope that some of you pray for my wife and I when you just feel that little nudge of the Holy Spirit touching our hearts because there's oftentimes that we, it may not be in trouble, but we're confronting other spirits and we're warring with them and the Lord may have been tapping you on the shoulder said, now pray for Preston and Sister Maddox. Well, it may not have been anything major, but we needed that extra little prayer. I told Brother and Sister Miller, I said, last night between 9 and 10 o'clock, I, w- I was concerned about you. If you hadn't been so late, I'd have called them. Well, I prayed for them. I think that's important that I be my brother's keeper. It's important that they pray for me because we are responsible for others. parents, How many of you would understand that maybe one of the problems that we're having in our nation today is too many parents are not being responsible for their children. I read something in the paper the other day. uh, Some people were complaining. They were saying in their city that if you get into trouble, uh, if your kids get into trouble, the city is filing suit against you. In Houston, Texas, they're doing some of that right now. That if the kids are found repeatedly on the streets, they are bringing... um, accusations against the parents for not taking care of the children. Well they've just figured out something that parents are responsible to the children. It came out in our in our state that if your children are not in your house, they become the state's children. If they're in your house living with you, then they can be your children. but they want the state had wanted the children. What they're figuring out right now is that that's the wrong process. Parents are responsible for the children, and parents are the one that should be responsible for them. We are our brother's keeper according to God's word. But the mercy that comes is very important to us. What kind of fruit do you bring before the Lord? Cain brought something that was unacceptable. What kind of fruit would you and I bring before the Lord? I find that according to New Testament principles, you and I are to bring a sacrifice to the Lord worthy of his acceptance. And how do we know what things are acceptable unto the Lord? When we get down to finding out what kind of fruit we're bringing before the Lord, he will tell us. Look in Luke chapter six, verse, I'm sorry, Luke chapter three, verse six through nine. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter six, chapter three, verse six through nine get that straight yet reads like this it says and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord then said he to the multitude that come forth to be baptized of him "O generation of vipers who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our fathers for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Every tree therefore which bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. God is saying to us today, we are to bring forth fruit that is worthy of repentance. That's the kind of fruit that God wants in my heart. If I bring forth my fruit like Cain did. When God refused to accept Cain's sacrificial offering, it angered Cain. Now, I'm going to go before you and say the same thing. What kind of fruit do we bring before the Lord? And if God rejects our fruit, does it make us angry? I'm going to tell you again uh, kind of an, uh, uh, an overbearing story in this area, but it's still a fact. I had a couple that walked into my office several years ago. I had never seen them in my life. They did not attend this church. And they began to ask me questions. And I didn't really understand where they were coming from. And finally, I began to understand where they were coming from. They were asking me to give them license to divorce their mates because these two were not married. And they were in an adulterous affair and wanted me to put an approval on it. And I told them in so many words, I didn't say it quite like this, you know about how I said it, that their offering before the Lord was not something that he would accept. They told me God had put them together. I told them lust had put them together. They wanted me to put an approval over their offering. They had made a mistake in marrying the mates that they had had married, and it was not a mistake that they were going to divorce and marry each other. And I, I know that's the, the, that's the overkill to what I'm talking about. That's the furthest thing that hopefully that you and your mind would even think of, but it's still a fact. They were bringing a fruit before God he could not accept. Cain brought a fruit before God he could not accept. When I told these two, there was no way that I could put an approval over them divorcing one another because they had not been put together by God. They'd been drawn together by their own lust. And had been deceived and I told them that I said you've been deceived by the own lust that you've been drawn away with and their countenance fell what did it say about Cain said his countenance fell why because pride feels like we made the right decision pride feels like we were deceived before and now we're not and when I shared these things with them I shared it with mercy I shared it with the plain truth. I opened the word. I shared it with them, the word of God, and how that they were in much error and that the devil had deceived them. But I told them, you can get out of it. God can heal your marriages if you will break this relationship that God did not put together. And I feel like that's what I'm talking about this morning. Covenant with God, and if we break it, he wants to give us mercy until we can get our eyes focused back again. Wouldn't it be terrible if every time you sin, God slapped you on your head? And I said, I sure wish he would do that. It would save me lots of problems. Well, he probably does. But uh, you wouldn't want too many slappings from God, I can tell you that. Wouldn't it be terrible if every time we sinned, the sin it was sin unto death and you died? Aren't you glad that there is mercy, that when you don't fully have your act together, God extends mercy to us? according to his will. He is a God of covenant and a God of mercy. But his mercy never lowers his standard of what is righteousness. Do you understand that? A lot of preachers, a lot of people think that mercy means I lower my standard of what truth is. I lower my standard of when I correct and when I don't. I'm sorry. That's not what mercy is. Mercy still says, This truth has to be followed, but it goes a little longer begging them to conform to God's will and not to conform to their flesh. One more point, and I've run out of time. My last one is that God does look on the earth. When God looked at Cain and Abel, he did know what was happening. According to scriptures in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God said, (coughs) man's imagination is always evil. Somebody says, your environment determines whether you're good or bad. And I'm going to tell every one of you, don't believe that lie. It's a humanistic lie. Every one of us are born sinners and must have a savior to cleanse us. Thank God for that. Yes, I understand that if you're in a a strong, rebellious family, if your mother and daddy fight and cuss and kick and drink and they're immoral, guess what you're liable to do because you've been discipled by them. And yes, if you're in this God-fearing family, you're more apt to want to do right things because of what you've seen. But how many families do you know that were wild as they could be and out of that came a boy or a girl that wanted truth and wanted righteousness and had to be saved? And how many of you families that you know that were good, godly mothers and dads and ended up son and daughter went wild. Well, let me break in right there. i tell you one thing. I believe it is time that God's children begin to realize that if we have a child that does things that are not um, lined up with God's Word, we need to realize God also can forgive them and extend His mercies towards them because He is a covenant-making God. God wants to make a covenant with the children of this generation. I thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to today's message. We would like to invite you to follow us at Maddox Ministries on Facebook. Feel free to send us a message. We would love to hear how today's message impacted you. You can also email Pastor Maddox at lmaddox, M-A-D-D-O-U-X, at suddenlink.net. And until next time, remember, Christianity is not just a religion. It is a lifestyle, a way of life that God has commanded us to live. This is the Maddox Podcast, and we are still here talking about Jesus.